So, Katy Perry, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Seriously. I had not heard this until Lori played it for me just a few minutes ago. This is my first time, and now it's stuck in my head. So, And the whole point is they're trying to override Baby Shark. Which is a pretty tough order because Baby Shark is pretty insidious, insipid, whatever. It's stuck in your head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? But this is a pretty close second. But what I love about this is this is Jimmy Kimmel and Katy Perry, right? Right, not Jimmy Fallon, who right. I thought it was because he's just such a silly. And then tell me what they did for April Fool's. Oh, right, right, right. So um, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, who I think both, you know, behind the scenes have probably suffered a lot of like confusion by people getting them like mixed up. For April Fool's Day, and I don't know how they pulled this off with the networks, but they did this epic prank where they each hosted each other's show. Like, in their studio. So Jimmy Fallon went to Jimmy Kimmel's studio and Fallon, and the audience didn't know this. So it's April Fool's Day, the curtain opens and out he comes and it's the wrong host for their show. But obviously the audience has rolled with it. They probably loved it for whatever reason. And I just, I think that's an amazing prank because usually these late night shows, they hate each other. Not so much the hosts, but the networks, right? I mean, they're constantly battling for ratings and the, like for years with Leno and Letterman and all that stuff. And so it was just hilarious to me that they managed to pull this off and that everybody had such a good time doing it. I haven't watched it yet, though. I got to watch it. Oh, I love it. So it looks like Anna's here. Anna. Hi. Hi, guys. We were talking about the um, Jimmy Kimmel and Fallon switching places and then the new uh, Katy Perry and Jimmy Kimmel song. Toot toot poop. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard it. It's already in my head. It's so annoying. It's going to be such a big hit. Are you kids ready to party? Clap your hands and stomp your feet. Give me something good to eat. Yum, yum, nom, nom, toot, toot, poop. First the food goes in your mouth, then it starts to travel south. Yum, yum, nom, nom, toot, toot, poop. Chicken fingers, cheese fries, pumpkin pancakes, chocolate pies. Yum, yum, nom, nom, toot. Step one is yum, step two is nom, then toot toot poop just like your mom. Yum, yum, nom, nom, toot toot poop. Noise. (laughs) Noise. (laughs) Noise, yes. On another note, Claire is hitting her bucket list later in life. <laughs> yeah, I, I had it's something I've always wanted to do, and um, I don't, I don't, even, I couldn't even tell you why, but uh, I have just always, for a, not maybe not my whole life, but for a good portion of my adult life, been interested in rowing, not like canoe kayak rowing. That's fun too. I do like doing that, but like crew team rowing. Um, Group. I just, it's such a beautiful. <laughs> looking sport right but it is a sport Mm -hmm. um and i just thought oh what i you know that would be fun to do or fun to try and especially when i moved to seattle and and you've got like this beautiful Mm -hmm. i mean it's just sort of known for it the month lake cut you know lake washington and and all of this stuff and there's sort of a a romanticism to it and i even laura you might remember this um when you and I first started coaching, I guess it was three, three, three some years ago, um, one of the exercises we did, you were sort of writing things that you wanted to do or try or, or something. And, and I had rowing on there. So mm-hmm. it's something that was definitely top of mind, but it just never between the hours and the money and, and whatever, it didn't happen. And then I moved here to uh, Salem, Oregon. And I was looking for something else <laughs> and found this Salem Rowing Club. And I'm like, oh, so I sent them an email. This is about a year ago. 
and um, inquired about lessons and never and never heard anything back. And then and then frankly, kind of forgot about it. And then uh, in January, I got this email from this woman named Natalie, and she said, "Are you still interested?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, I'm still interested. What's what's the deal?" And and you know, they used to have these like weekend retreats where they would take everyone rowing and all this kind of stuff. And because of COVID, they had to stop doing all of that, and they were just now coming back uh, to this sort of new model of how they were teaching. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to do this, you know. And so we made a date to meet um, this uh, little beautiful, beautiful little town on the Willamette River here um, in Oregon uh, called Independence. It's just this adorable little town. And it's only about 15 minutes away from where I live, but it feels like it's, you know, another time, you know, when you go there. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, what's interesting is I was really looking forward to this. And I asked her for some, okay, before, it took a couple of months to get this together because it was literally too cold to, to do the sport on the river. And um, she said, okay, here are the stretches you need to do. Here are the parts of your body you need to work on. You know, here's what I don't want. Don't get on a rowing machine because I don't want to have to unteach you bad habits. Ooh, <laughs> you know, interesting. Just, yeah. And I had already, Sharon and my wife and I had already started, you know, a strength training program with a trainer and kind of going to the gym more. So I was already trying to get myself in shape anyway, not even realizing that this was coming around the, the bend. So I think that's interesting that everything everything happens for a reason, right? All our choices lead to, to more choices. Yeah. Um, and um, so I was so nervous the night before we met, I almost <sighs> didn't go. What? It was like this junior high feeling. I don't know how else to describe it. What if I'm not good enough? What if I can't do it? What if they don't like me? What if I wear the wrong clothes? Like not the wrong clothes like fashion, but like the wrong, you know, clothes to row in, right? <laughs> I mean, I was like overwhelmed with this, I'm going to call and cancel feeling. It was the weirdest thing. Wow. And I was like, no, you're not. Just go and try it. The worst that'll happen is it won't be good, you know? And so I went, and uh, and it was fantastic. She was so nice and taught me all this stuff. And we talked about, you know, she's like, they're all like twenty, they're all they're all twenty five, and they're all engineers, right? Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, oh. they're all like these. They can't be twenty five. They must be older because some because some of them are professors. So maybe they're thirty, right? But <laughs> but it's like, oh my god. And but this is just the people I've met, the instructors, right? I haven't met any of the other team members or rowers or, or people who do anything. But I asked her about about my age. And it's funny, independently, both she and the and the man that I took a lesson with later said the same thing. They said, older rowers do much better because um, you're, there's a, you're still competitive. There's a, you have a competitive nature, but it's sort of different. Your goals for competition are different. Um, you take better care of your bodies. You listen better. And most importantly, the older teams have a handicap. <laughs> they get a head start. <laughs> so they win a lot more stuff. I'm like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I check all those boxes, you know. But um, but it was great. I mean, it was just such a great feeling. And I'm not going to tell you I'm great at it, but I was better than I thought. And even she said, you're, she said, you're, you're very good at you. You'd have the right instincts. I want you to work with this other instructor on this other thing. And, and she said, we're going to get you on a team. And I'm not sure how that's going to work out because I have a crazy schedule that, that doesn't match anybody else, but I don't even care at this point. I do want to be on a team, but right now I just want to keep doing it. I want to keep meeting with them and rowing with them. And I want to meet the team. And they have one thing where you can actually just sit in the, in the, in the skull Really? Um, and watch and watch everybody else row and wow. kind of glean from that. And so I think I'm going to do that in a couple of weeks too. And I, oh my God, it was just, it was amazing. Such an amazing feeling. And I, the other thing is, 
I'm sort of afraid of water. <laughs> but Really? But obviously not enough to not do this, right? Like I have a healthy respect for rivers and oceans, but um, I did it anyway. And I'm just, I'm really proud of myself for, for, for sticking with it and doing it. And, um, you know, I just think it's, it's just like, you know, you're not dead when you get in your fifties, right? You can, you can still do the things that you want to do. You just have to, I don't know. I think when you get older, you have a much better sense of your body and what it can and can't do. And your mind and what it can and can't do. And I think that's the, the the biggest thing. Rowing up the river, I don't think, was as nearly as big of overcoming a challenge as the night before when I almost didn't do it. Wow. wow. <laughs> you are brave. Yes. Brave to, to get over that fear that you were having the night before. I, I know those fears, and, and sometimes I don't get over them. That's awesome that you, you're like, no, no. I'm going to do it. No matter what. I love it. That is so brave. And, you know, so many people, that's where they get stuck. That's where they give up on their dreams. Yeah. Is that fear, that yeah. that, that junior high. I don't know how else to describe it than junior high, but it, it's that mm-hmm. feeling at 13 that you're not going to measure up mm-hmm. somehow, you know. And it is. It's so hard to overcome. I get it. You know, you get it when you start a new job. You get it in, in a lot of situations where you have no choice but to move forward. And I really did have a choice here. I didn't have to move forward. And I just, I'm really proud of myself for getting over that hump. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Seriously. Yes, I love it. Good for you. And the power of, the power of handicap. I just love that. (laughs) Right? You know, usually people like, don't say that word. But it's in this case, the word handicap when it comes to something that helps out a beginner. Golf is one of the most prominent ones where you you literally, that's part of your golf, you know, oeuvre is that you have a handicap. You have a score by which you get a a, a basically a point head start on other people. So, yeah. 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 It's kind of funny to think about, but it's good because it's the point is to encourage you to do something. Encourage. That is the thing. Give people those 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 handicaps in courage uh-huh. in games in in yeah. physical activity right in life right <laughs> yeah that's right. so great well yeah you, give you go ahead go ahead well you no, were saying say give... <clears throat> <laughs> because you said you don't have a fear of the rivers and the streams that just got me thinking don't go chasing it's weird because the the Willamette, like this river, flows south to north. It's a weird feeling because you don't think about that. You tend to think of rivers as flowing north to south. Yeah. You look at a map and you go, "Oh, it must go down, right?" <laughs> Doesn't isn't isn't the whole world lower at the bottom than it is at the top? <laughs> but but it's not. The uh, this river starts up in the mountains in the Cascades in southern Oregon, and so it it flows downhill is north from Salem toward Portland. Huh. And um, my second lesson, so the the first lesson was a lot of flailing around and learning how to not fall out of the boat. Um, <laughs> the second lesson was, <clears throat> was more pure rowing. And the river was so fast that day. It was so fast. In fact, when I got there, the instructor was kind of looking out over the water and he kind of looked at me and he's like, well... 
it's kind of borderline about whether we should do this today, but let's go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and the idea is that they, with my first lesson, they, the instructor rows you in kind of a little eddy in the river that's not, not really in the current. And so you can kind of splash around in that area. And then when you get your legs, your legs and your arms under you, you, you get out on the river. And, um, and so we, he, it was so fast. He rose and rose and rose and rose and rose and rose and rose to get us to the eddy. And then we get to the eddy and then I practice strokes and he's like, okay, let's do it. And so we go and I'm, he's like, okay, stroke. And, and you're, by the way, you're facing backwards. For those of you right. who aren't familiar with, with racing, you're, you're facing away from the direction that you're rowing, right? So I get in, I get into the river and I'm rowing and rowing. He's like, oh, give me 10 strong ones. Okay. Give me 10 medium ones and like all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the greatest feeling. I am God's gift to rowing. I've got us like a mile down river. And then we stop and I look up and we're actually like two miles up river. Like the river was so much stronger than me that in my strongest <laughs> rowing backwards, we were still going forwards. Oh my God. Wow. And I was disoriented. I'm like, where are we? It's like, how the hell did we get up here? He's like, no, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. Don't worry. And then, it, then he had to row us back, you know, to get all the way to the other end of the room it was just oh wow it was a little little discouraging but it was a good lesson in the in the power of how fast that water is moving and and you're thinking wow if I fell overboard I would mm. I'd be in Portland before you knew it you know <laughs> um, wow I'd have to like grab onto the nearest I don't know giant tree in the middle of the river or something it would be it would be scary but I just tried not to think about that mm-hmm. you know I just tried to think about and really um the other thing that I found interesting was and he he said this, not the female instructor, but the male instructor did this. He said it's so much easier to teach women than men because rowing is about your legs. It's really not about your arms at all. Your arms are like the your arms are basically these paws that are holding the sticks that move the water, but your legs do all the work. Mm. Um, Sheesh. And so it's really hard to get guys not to be like, I have the gun show and like do their arms and arms and arms. <laughs> And, and I asked him, I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? And he's like, well, you know, I suppose if you're winning the race, there's nothing wrong with it. He's like, but you tire out really quickly. Your legs will last so much longer than your arms. Mm. Um, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Score one for the women. <laughs> Good job, women. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, I could talk about this all day. It's my new obsession. I love it. Did you tell us how often you're doing this? Well, so far, I've literally, as for as much as I'm talking about it, I've only done it twice so far because of my schedule. Uh-huh. Uh, the only yeah. day that I can do it is on Saturdays. So I did it two, two consecutive Saturdays, and then um, they are preparing for a race. So they haven't been able to give lessons for the last two weeks. Oh. And then I'm going out of town next weekend, so hopefully... Um, beginning of May, I'll, I'll start up and then I'll be able to do it every, every, at least once a week. I'm hoping for twice a week. I think I can work my schedule so I can do it Fridays and Saturdays. It just depends on when they're, you know, they all have full-time jobs too. In fact, a lot of them have two jobs like I do. <sighs> so, you know, they're all like, oh, I'm an engineer. I work for such and such a firm. And, oh, and I teach engineering at the college. Oh, and I also, you know, am a river guide. I mean, so <laughs> wow. the, the COVID uh, economy is everybody's yeah. working two jobs and trying to squeeze in a little fun yeah. and health in the in the middle of it. Hopefully, I'll be doing this a lot more in in the future. But um, you know, it's a start. I love it. Well, I'm reading some books by Louise Penny. Have you heard of her? No. She she has a series with Armand Gamache. He's a um, detective in Canada. Anyway, the the one I'm just finished. They do ice rowing. Ooh, that sounds cold. Yeah, ice throwing. So 
I don't know if they like are in a lake and they break the break the ice or how they do that, but yeah. So burn. that sounds too cold for me. <laughs> it's already oh, what I'm doing is already cold. I don't want to be any colder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, warm up, right? Uh, Your body warms up, yes. Um, but getting in and out of the of the boat, it's this it's this skin. It's called a skull, and it's a shell. It's called a shell, is what it's called. And it's this skinny, skinny little boat that's all kind of in, in the old days. It was made of like wood. Now it's all fiberglass, and you can only step a certain number of places. Oh. And so it's very dainty to get in and out of this thing. Much harder than a kayak. Well, probably about the same. No, harder than a kayak. So you have to push it out into the water so you're standing with your bare feet in like 30 degree water. Oh. And then and then you're like, oh, how do I get in? And then you get yourself in and then you have to wait for everyone else to get in. So your feet will freeze off, you know, before anything. But yes, once you actually get going, then yeah, you, you definitely get warm. Is it easier to tip over than like a canoe? Yeah, it's very, it's really easy to tip over. Except that, your tools are these two big giant oars. Uh-huh. They're long. They're 10, I think they're 12 feet. Wow. Uh, now I can't remember. Maybe it's 10 feet. They're 10 feet out. I should Something I should know. And um, you use the oars to steady the shell while the other people are getting in it. At least what I've done with the with the two people lesson. It might be different when you're in a four person or an eight or an eight person. There might there's probably a whole other system for how you get in and out. I'm, that's a lesson down the road. <laughs> but for now, I get in, I steady the boat, the instructor gets in. And um it's very tippy. Like really tippy. Wow. wow. You were saying that, you know, what if I fall out and you'd have to go to the, the nearest tree or whatever? <laughs> like do they do they train you for for situations? Like that. You know, we didn't talk about it. <laughs> we probably <laughs> <Come> should. <on. laughs> uh, no, the one thing they said was don't let go of the boat. Mm. Don't let go of the boat. Yeah. Don't Even if it's uh, heading down a waterfall? Well, okay, that's different. But there's no waterfalls <laughs> on the Willamette River. I've been watching too Actually, many cartoons. there probably are waterfalls, but there aren't waterfalls where I'm going. Oh, like, I would, I would end up in... I, in fact, I know exactly where I'd end up. I'd end up here in Salem. It would the water would eddy out right here in Salem, and I would just look like an idiot going, "Help!" You'd be like, "Not this tree! Um, not this tree! Oh, this tree! Right. Now I'm in Salem!" Right <laughs> now I'm in Salem or bridges. There's like a series of bridges. Oh. I'd probably end up smashing yeah. into one of those. Wow. So yeah. So no, we we probably should have have more of a basic water safety conversation. But you wear life jackets, but, um, though, right? The yes, yeah. there are there are life jackets involved. And um, also the the oars, they're in these, um, uh, there's mechanisms all along the shell called oar locks. Mm -hmm. So the boat has a lot of parts and pieces to it um, that there's a lot of stuff to to grab onto. So, and I can swim, but I don't know how much good swimming does you in a, in a river like when the river's that fast. They tell you to choose your conditions, right? Like, you know, we'll go to this rapid. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, like I said, he was looking out of the, over the water weighing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there are conditions. I don't know about racing. Now, racing, you you might, you know, if you, you show up on a race day and the river's fast, you just live with it. But, you know, in terms of the practice, especially for the newbies, I'm sure there's a limit. Yeah. yeah. I've, and I've done whitewater rafting. This is not the right craft for that. But I certainly know what that feels like. And when we went kayaking on this same river last fall, it was much lower and much slower. In fact, it was the, the drought was like, oh, my God, this river is really low. But even then, there were, there were some, I guess, quote, rapids. There were sections where it runs really fast. And you kind of learn how to read 
and I am by no means an expert on this, believe me, but I understand the concept of learning how to read how the river is moving. Yeah. Um, you can Even if you can't physically see that there's, uh, uh, what's the, a sandbar a or, or a current or a tree or something there, you can, you can see from the rippling on the water that there's some kind of change in what's below you oh. and get a pretty good sense of, of where you're going to have to move. That was the mistake a lot of people when I was living in St. Louis. You know, maybe it looks swimmable. That's why they call it the mighty Mississippi. You mm, can't handle right? it. And even on its smoothest looking days, there's too much going on underneath the surface. People yep. make that mistake. And it doesn't end I well. I can't even imagine thinking you could swim across the Mississippi River. <laughs> well, look at Alcatraz. I mean, building a... I don't know if you guys have ever been to San Francisco mm-hmm. and seen the island of Alcatraz yeah. where the prison is. But... It's so close, mm-hmm. so close to the city. It does mm. look like, and there's hard, there's like no, you know, there's no fences or anything. They're like, go for it. <laughs> you know, you want to escape? There it is, you know, um, because there's no way you would survive that. But it doesn't look like it. It looks so calm yeah. and so close. <laughs> they, they make it easy in the movies when they jump off right. the, the rocks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are uh, cold water swimmers. They don't mm-hmm. wear wetsuits. But they swim in the bay. And no kidding, because, you know, I'm at the pool and there's one girl that um, does this. She goes out to different um, waters and without a wetsuit and and they uh, they go and they swim and they actually have to acclimate. They their you know, their body gets so cold. And when they have these competitions, they have medics there because, you know, they get so cold by the time they Mm. get to the end. Sometimes they need to be pulled out. But um, uh, I think they call it cold water or there was just an article of somebody that did this in Seattle, uh, swimming outdoors in the winter, you know, that there are some health benefits and everything else. But oh, my gosh, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> but oh, my, my friend Jeffrey's one of those. He he lives in Alki and um, well, he lives in West Seattle, but he he, he was living in Alki and he he joined that group. And mm. at first he was wearing a wetsuit and he was looking around at all of them like, <laughs> what's wrong with you people that you're not wearing a wetsuit? Uh-huh. And then slowly but surely he started peeling it. And yeah. He's like, I, you don't, I just don't need it anymore. I'm like, that is just crazy. Yeah. My, my sister says it. she would do it. I don't think I could. I am such a wuss. I mean, I dive in every day into the pool and it's cold, but it has taken me a long time to get to the place that I even like it, that I'm not like, oh, crap, what am I doing? You know, because I don't like to be cold, but they this cold water thing, it's, it's a thing, you know. And I grew up on the beach and I didn't swim for any length mm-hmm. of time in the cold water. So I'm like, oh, wow, we, we were always, no, we were always told you get hypothermia. So we're like, we can't swim. And now I find out that it's a thing and people do it, you know. So crazy. Oh. Well, you there's a pretty good chance you would have gotten hypothermia because <laughs> yeah. because you weren't at these swimmers acclimated. They learned how True. to do it, True. right? And as little kids, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm just going to jump in like a polar bear," yeah. you know? Right? I thought you were a beach swimmer, like I did, but one. I was always the last one in because I hated to be cold. And so when I started swimming <laughs> on a regular basis, I had to force myself to jump in because I tried to ease in every day. And my sw- sister had swimmed five laps by the time I got in. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so you know, facing your fears, it feels ridiculous. But so I dive in, and now I notice like other people takes them a while to get in. I'm like. Well, at least it isn't just me, but I dive in every day and I can tell you it was never like, yay, I'm so happy to be doing this. But in the last month, it's like I can hardly wait for that burst of cold 
knowing that, you know, it doesn't last because you eventually warm up. But in the past, it's always been like, if I waited too long on the deck before I dove in, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not doing it. Where's the hot tub? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but you know, I give you, I give you, you know, um, kudos, Claire, because a lot of people, as we age, we think, oh, I can't do that. And like, I heard about this guy that did um, synchronized swimming in his seventies, and you hear about oh, wow. people that take on dancing in their eighties. There was a, I think it was a Dallas Cowboy. Oh, somebody tried out for a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, and she was in her sixties. It's like, you know, it is so important. Our health is so important, and. If we don't take charge, if we don't get ourselves moving, we, we're going to be in trouble. It's so important. And, you know, and I think that it's easy to get a mindset of, you know, I hear people say this all the time. Oh, I'm getting old. And it's like, I'm always like, I rebuke that. Do not tell yourself that because our minds can change our brain. And if we tell ourselves we're getting old and we can't do it, then we won't. And we, you know, we still have so much great life ahead to live. And, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted the Backstreet Boys. They were laughing about their new dance moves because what? They can't get on their knees anymore. Why they can't get up, <laughs> you know? And it's like, we want to keep moving. So if we get on the floor with our grandkids or whatever, we can get back up. You know, that's my goal. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. When I started working out at the gym, my goal was I want to be able to stand up without using my hands. Mm. And I want to be able to get up on my, on just leg power. Mm. It's just something I think about every single day. I don't know why. I think it's just because I watched my mom struggle to stand up, you know, for so long. And so I just, I want to, I just want to stave it off as much as possible. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's possible. And are you doing that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I am. I am. Only if I'm down on the floor playing with the dogs, if after, especially if after I've been to the gym or something, uh-huh. then I like everything hurts and yeah. you can't move. Then I'll I'll let myself. I can get up off the floor using my hands, but if I'm in a chair, mm-hmm. nope. I have to. I can't use my hands. Wow. It's a good. It's a good challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Health is so important. <laughs> so before we go, because I know Claire has to leave, is April is National Distracted Driving Awareness Month, and a lot of times that's where we talk about texting. And did you know that seventy six percent of people still text and drive? Anyway, a oh, GM yeah. branded. Wow. They have a TikTok challenge where they want you to pull over, or before you start, they want you to videotape yourself screaming. Like stress screaming, and then post post it with hashtag scream it out. And so it's the April <laughs> campaign. So I want to put a challenge out. I don't think I can videotape myself screaming. That just feels too ridiculous. But people are doing it. And so, you know, it's like, let's recognize that driving stressed, you know, driving and texting is terrible. But when people are stressed and driving and they're riding your bumper or slamming on their brakes, you know, it's like get that stress out before you start driving and wow. by screaming and Even I think we talked about this maybe a year ago. Dr. Caroline Leaf really says, you know, she's my hero. She's all about your mind can change your brain. She says, swear, because you don't want to swear in your video because that just, you know, might be rude. But but would you rather have a pilot who would swear and scream and get it out before he flew? Or would you want a pilot who holds it all in if you're on an airplane? Right. Let's get it out. Let's acknowledge, hey, I'm stressed. So scream it out, yell it out, jump it out, whatever you got to do. And then post it with hashtag scream it out because it gives other people permission to do it too. And sometimes we don't even realize we're stressed until we're stomping on our brakes or going, why is that guy going so slow? You know, that's stress. So that's that's my uh, challenge. 
Scream it out. Scream it out. Yes. If you see somebody next to you videoing screaming, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, they're screaming it out. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're just yelling at their kids. I'm not sure. (laughs) Really? Yeah. No kidding. I had a period of time where I was babysitting my nieces and nephews when they were all there, five of them, uh, my brother's kids. And at this point, they were all like, I don't know, under 15, I guess. And I was helping out for a few days and I had all of them in the car. And it was like the worst. I think it was maybe a total of 20 minutes to get from one place to the other. It was the longest 20 minutes. I don't know how parents do it. I have no idea how parents drive with kids in the car. It's this constant, even when they're in a good mood, yelling and screaming and wanting and changing Mm -hmm. the radio and like, oh my God, this is crazy. My youngest is very loud and very ADHD. So I'd be driving and all of a sudden he just yells something out. And I'm like, holy crap, what's going on? I think, you know, I'm going to hit something. And I've learned to, like, not be affected anymore. And so sometimes I think if someone's driving with me and they do scream, I'll look at them like, huh? You know? And I should be looking at the road going, what's going on? But, yeah, it's hard to drive when kids are acting up and screaming and distracting you. Can you imagine driving a school bus? I did. I did drive a school bus. Oh, no. Yeah. How how did you not just, like, order them all off the bus? Oh, believe me. There was one time I sat at the school. The principal was supposed to come out because they had been so horrible. And then he just didn't come out. And now I have to humbly drive them all home after the principal didn't even show up. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah. They were smoking in the back. Oh, what are you supposed to do? You're a school bus driver and you, you know, you're like, is that smoke? Oh, wait, is that car in front of me? Oh, wait, is that smoke in the back seat? Yeah. It's, I, right. I have a whole respect for school bus drivers. <laughs> That's your next book. You got to write that book. Do you, do you report that or what, what? Well, yeah, you tell the principal and then he doesn't bother to come out and talk to him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, principal's talking to you, smoking in the back. I'm telling you what. And then you're like, okay, well, we're just going to go now. Principal's not But coming. you don't, but, and you don't know their names or anything, right? Like, you well, not when you're uh, substitute. You Driving. Yeah, if you know I them, see. you could call their parents, you know, but yeah. if you're substitute driving or just starting a route and yeah, and if it's like a substitute teacher, we're going to get you, you know, <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah. I know. <laughs> did you ever forget a kid? Did you ever get back to the bus barn and there was an extra kid? I didn't, but my kids had that happened with my kids. I'm like, hmm, they're not, they drive right by the stop. And I'm like, uh, is my kid on the bus? No cell phones. You run all the way home, call him. And they're like, yeah, oh, he forgot. Yes. He'll bring her back in an hour. <laughs> like, Thanks a lot. And I'm thinking, oh, the poor kid's probably crying and sad. No, she's laughing and having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> bus drivers. We had a, when we have substitute bus drivers, they would forget to stop to pick us up, which seems kind of odd because you're standing there. <laughs> Right. Right. How do you how do you miss you? There's a child standing on the corner. I would err on the side of, hey, are you supposed to be on this bus? And but the thing is, there was a stop at both. There wasn't a stop at both ends of our street. There was a stop at one end. But at the other end, there was another stop around the corner. And so you would just run like you would run as fast as you could to the other end of the street and around the corner to the other street and hope that the bus driver knew to stop at that stop. Okay, but, you know, and that's. You know what happens is you've got one kid in there and they say, oh, don't worry about picking them up. They're not on our route. Oh, is that what happens? Dang. It's another schmucky kid. That's right. Oh, man. That's so bad. 
Yeah. I wish I knew that 40 years ago. I'd give that kid what fur. That's right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Anna, please tell us about what you watched. Have you guys heard of um, the series called Severance on Apple TV? No. No. Severance is a series about a small group of people at a company called Lumen Industries whose employees have undergone a severance procedure, which involves surgically dividing their memories between their work and personal lives. And it results in these individuals remembering nothing outside of their office. So they arrive at work. Suddenly they don't know anything about their home life outside of work or their past. Patricia Arquette. Yes. And Ben Stiller. Directed well, by well, he's Ben Stiller. D- directed by Ben Stiller, yeah. but okay. the guy from Parks and Rec is in it. Okay. And they go about their eight-hour workday focused on tasks at work. And then when they leave the office at five, they're back to their normal lives, but not knowing the life they had at work. And it's so bloody clever. Is this a movie or a series? It's a series. Cool. Okay. Yes. Apple TV. <laughs> Uh, we saw one with Anne Hathaway, a, a different series with Anne Hathaway called We Work. I mean, I'm sorry, We Crashed. It's about a place called We Work. I, I know about We Worked. Yeah. Well, good. Yep. That'll be my weekend binging. Mm-hmm. Woot, woot. Thank you guys for the weekly therapy. And Yay. rowing, rowing insight. <laughs> yes. Yes. And the rowing insights. Row, row, row your boat. Gently down the fast moving river. <laughs> <laughs> Toot toot, <laughs> toot toot, poop poop, poop. Toot poop. Yum yum, nom nom, toot toot, poop. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> it's, it's all water under the bridge. Back streets back, but we can't get up off the floor. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Well, where can we find you guys on the socials? I, uh, at least until Elon Musk kicks me off, I am on Twitter at Claire Beverly. I am on Facebook at Coach Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E. And I'm on Twitter at I'm Anna D. Yippee! This is Listen and Learn. Or not. <laughs> when I just did the or, my dog Luna looked at me like, what? Or, <laughs> or not. <laughs> All right, girls, love you. Love you too. Love you too. Bye. 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 Girls. Bye. Bye.